that we're never done growing, that we're never done being the better version of ourselves. And maybe that's true to an extent. Maybe that's a great mindset to have, to view yourself as always growing and always getting better and more evolved and healthier. And there's always a new journey to, to go on and goals to accomplish. Like that is a really beautiful way to look at life. Absolutely. Um, but that way of life can turn kind of unhealthy if we let it really. This is the Empowered Spirituality Podcast, the podcast about inclusive spirituality. Empowered Spirituality is all about connecting and aligning to your own higher self. All religions, spiritual practices and beliefs, sexual orientations, gender identities and expressions are welcomed and celebrated here. I am your host, Samantha Nagel, owner of and coach at Empowered Spirituality, LLC. Every Wednesday, I will share a guided meditation practice, and every Thursday, I will share inspirational teachings or interviews with people with different spiritual practices, beliefs, and opinions. Come every week with an open mind, taking what you like and leaving the rest. Welcome. To empowered spirituality. This episode is sponsored by the Women of Color Summit. The Women of Color Summit is an equitable community organization focused on creating safe and inclusionary spaces for women and non-binary people of color to share stories and knowledge as well as to make impactful change. Currently, the Women of Color Summit has enrollment open for their 12-week group program, Deepening Your Spiritual Practices in Community. This is a container for folks looking to deepen their spiritual practice in a mindful, loving community. This will be a brave space for transformational self-care where you'll be seen and supported. They'll be exploring this connection to source and to community by using specific tools like meditation, ancestral work, breath work, lunar magic, tarot, and asana. There's going to be amazing guest facilitators, healers, mentors to continue to build this community and space. If you're interested in applying for this winter cohort to begin in mid-November, feel free to go to thewomanofcolorsummit.com to apply for the waitlist. You can also find the link in the Woman of Color Summit Instagram and you can apply there as well. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. My name is Samantha Nagel, and today is my first solo episode. Uh, like I've done solo mini episodes, I've done little like thoughts and bonus episodes, but this is my first episode being like the episode of the week. So it's a little nerve wracking, weirdly enough. Um, I'm also making this into a video. So if you want to check that out on YouTube, you can. Um, I feel very weird <laughs> if you are watching the video. You can see I'm just straight up holding my mic that's usually standing uh, like I'm Hannah Montana or something. If I feel amazing. Um, so thank you so much for joining today. It's always such a treat to have people listen to things that we want to talk about and that's important to us. And I feel like that's something that I 
it's lost. I think it's lost on many people with the age of the internet and social media and YouTube is that when I'm talking into just in this room by myself, it's heard by people and it um, like the interviews I do are heard by people and they can mean something to people. And I think that's sometimes really lost. So it's kind of cool to remind myself of that in this moment. Um, so like I said, this is my first solo podcast. Um, and I wanted to do one that was just me for the full episode. Um, I didn't really know what exactly I should talk about. And so I started to look at what I've been posting on social media lately. Um, and what I've been posting is a lot of things involving things related to my work as a health coach, um, as I kind of find myself and find who I am and what I really have to offer as a coach, I find that um, my passion gets bigger and more bolder uh, for these very, very specific topics that I'm interested in. As um, I work with clients, I think that also really helps inform what people are interested in as well, because I think there's uh, a really common thing that if a couple of people are going through it, it usually means a lot of people in the collective are going through it, uh, which is really interesting. And I've talked to other coaches and therapists and healers, even yoga practitioners. Um, if people are struggling with something, if you are struggling with something, there's a good chance that other people are struggling with the very same thing or something very similar. And it's like, we're all taught universal lessons uh, at once or at the same time, which is really beautiful and really weird. <laughs> um, so a lot of what's been coming up for me is having clients come to me who obviously I'm a holistic health coach. That's kind of what my little tagline is. Of course, it's much more than that. Uh, but people come to me who are um, spiritual or maybe going through emotional distress or big transitions. Um, but then they get caught up. Like they're like, well, I don't necessarily want a health coach. Um, like I'm not really focused on my health right now. I'm focused on X, Y, or Z. And I noticed that people have this um, hesitation around the word health, even if it is holistic health. I think that's really interesting. When I did some reflection, I realized I too have a similar aversion to the word health, which is really interesting. Um, when I think of health, I think of, and this is like, I want to say a stereotype, of course, and that's not um, one size fits all. The people who fit this stereotype are not like bad people in any way, or there's nothing wrong with this. This is also a very legitimate form of health. Um, but I think when I think of health, I think of like the person who gets up at 5, 6 a.m. every morning and goes for a run every single morning of the week, no matter how they're feeling, no matter what's going on. And they eat like a very, very beautiful, healthy diet that's like Pinterest worthy and perfectly meal prepped. And maybe they have a cheat day, quote unquote, a cheat day once a week, but they have like a picturesque life that it's someone you might see on Instagram or YouTube if someone's doing a vlog about their their routine or something like that's what I picture health to be I picture someone who's very healthy as like better than me 
Um, I picture someone who's very healthy as very fit, uh, very muscular and very small, very thin. Um, I think of someone who's healthy as someone who, yeah, only eats like the perfect foods um, and is dedicated to their health and is dedicated to this image of health. But in reality, and like I said, those things are not bad. And if that's you, that's beautiful. That's amazing. Um, But that's a very small look at what health can look like. And I feel like we um, don't even know if we realize we do this and maybe you don't, but a lot of people personify the word health um, as this like ideal person. Um, And I'll even say that that ideal person that you think is so so healthy and so much better than you, um, so much more fit and beautiful than you are. Um, they also, like their life isn't what it looks like to you, the observer or the imaginer. Um, and health is just really nuanced and can look differently in different people's lives. And for some reason, not for some reason, there's a very real reason. There's a lot of shame uh, that goes around with health, which kind of brings me into something I wanted to talk about today as well, which is weight. And don't worry, I'm not going to be giving you tips on how to lose weight in this episode because, and I'm going to actually do the opposite and say that losing weight can be a goal. It can absolutely be a health goal for whatever reason for you. Uh, there's no, nothing wrong with gaining or losing weight if that's what you decide to do or if that's what ends up happening. Um, but we think of weight, weight loss specifically as synonymous with a health journey. And health journeys do not equate weight. Weight could be a part of that, but weight loss is not inherently health. Weight loss is not inherently healthy. Um, And I I think that's a lot of where the shame comes in, but then we have capitalism that uh, adds a whole new bucket of shame. because we're taught that to be healthy, we have to buy supplements. We have to buy workout clothes for some reason. We have to buy gym memberships. We have to buy subscription uh, things. <laughs> we have to buy like uh, those things that like, you rub on your face to improve circulation and the products and all the stuff, that the powders. Uh, There's so many things that we quote unquote need for our health Um, or so we're taught. And we're also taught to not accept how we are body-wise, health-wise, that there's always something better that we can be reaching for. And this is reinforced through, of course, capitalism, but then things like self-help authors, self-help speakers, motivational speakers, podcasts. Um, coaches, like there's this um, idea that we always need more and that we're never done uh, growing or this my email, there we go. Um, that we're never done growing, that we're never done being the better version of ourselves. And maybe that's true to an extent. Maybe that's a great mindset to have to view yourself as always growing and always getting better and more evolved and healthier. And there's always a new journey to, to go on and goals to accomplish. Like that is a really beautiful way to look at life. Absolutely. Um, but that way of life can turn kind of unhealthy if we let it really. Um, 
And I, I specifically say podcasts and coaches and self-help people because that's part of where I fall into. So I also want to say that to be accountable because I don't want, you know, not everyone needs coaching. Not everyone needs to listen to a self-help podcast. Um, sometimes you're okay the way you are. And I feel like health shouldn't be about changing your body. It shouldn't be about changing who you are, changing your lifestyle necessarily. But it's about loving who you are to sustain yourself and to nourish yourself. And that is not really the way we communally look at health. So where do I want to go from here? I'm going to talk about what I mean by when I say, what I mean by when I say holistic health. Um, what does holistic health look like? And what does holistic health specifically look like from my lens and how I view it? In my idea, holistic health is health that combines all parts of you. It views you as a completely whole person, um, inherently whole as well. Like, not that you'll be a whole person once you scheduled 10 <laughs> sessions with me, or not a whole person once you've done uh, like the certain steps to be a whole person. If you're watching the YouTube video, you know that I just took a drink of tea because there's no way to hide that. <laughs> um, but holistic health views you as inherently whole already onto yourself. Um, and holistic health also blends, in my mind, the mental, the emotional, the behavioral, the relationship, uh, the financial, um, as well as the physical. And so, yes, holistic health absolutely has to do with movement and what you're eating and what you're doing and how you're taking care of yourself. But it also looks at your attachment style. It also looks at the relationships in your life and if they're healthy for you or not. It also looks at your inner child. It also looks at unprocessed and unhealed trauma. It also looks at your emotions and how to handle anxiety attacks, how to get yourself out of bed when you're feeling depressed, how to give yourself self-care, how to connect with your own higher power of your choosing. If you choose one, um, it can look like so much more than just what we think about when we think about health. And that's beautiful. That's something that's evolved uh, in my own mind over time. Um, when I started my uh, journey as um, a health coach, I was like, I don't know, like, I kind of want to just get this certificate so that I can take what I want from this program and, and really specialize in like spirituality and self-care. But as I started learning more about what health is and changing my own lens of health, it started changing my mission. I feel like I'm stepping more into my purpose the more and more I research and guide people to their health. Something that I thought was super empowering for me was uh, when I was really struggling with anxiety and depression. And if you know me from past interviews or posts, you know that I struggle with anxiety and depression right now. Um, I'm someone who has PTSD. And so that looks like so many things <laughs> um, all the time. Um, but you know that I struggle with my mental health currently. And if you don't know that, you do know. Um, <laughs> um, and what was amazing to me was when I started focusing on my physical health in a loving and gentle way, let me say that part, in a loving and gentle way, I found that 
my mental health started improving. And I found that when my mental health started improving, my physical health started to improve as well. Um, an example would be depression. Um, and, I, and I think everyone here knows this, but I'm not a mental health counselor or therapist. I'm not a doctor, certainly. Um, so when I say these things, like see what resonates with you, uh, but you know, overall, listen to your intuition and listen to your own body and how it resonates with you and how it sits with you but also check in with a doctor or a practitioner or someone that you're working with on your mental health. Uh, but I'll use the example of fatigue with depression. You can treat that a couple of different ways, right? You can treat fatigue with behavioral actions, such as getting more sleep, um, exercise, a light movement. Um, you can also treat it with the foods that you're putting in your body. Right, because if you're eating a lot of sugar, and I don't mean this to shame people who eat a lot of sugar, because oh, um, if you're eating a lot of sugar though and processed foods, you're not really giving your body enough nutrients to have the energy that it needs. So yeah, it's fatigued, and that's not causing you depression necessarily, but it's certainly not helping. And so if you're really wanting to heal the mind, the emotions, um, you should be or. I'll encourage you to, let's not do any shoulds. I'll encourage you to set yourself up for success, right? I'm someone who, like I said, struggles. And so if I haven't set myself up for success that day, let's say I went to bed late and I wake up first thing, I'm already tired because I didn't get enough sleep. And the first thing I do is check my phone. Okay. So the first thing I do was, did was hijack my nervous system. I got bad news. I got other people's judgments. I got just a lot to take in with my like sleepy waking up brain. So, okay, my day's already a little bit weird. And then I go and maybe I, do, I skip breakfast or maybe I drink a lot of coffee, which uh, if you're an anxious person like me, drinking a lot of coffee in general or especially on, or on empty stomach is not gonna be super helpful. And maybe I eat like a donut for breakfast. Again, not bad, but in combination with all those behaviors, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling sluggish, I'm feeling worried, I'm feeling really on edge, probably feeling really irritable. By midday, I'm already not set up for success to do well mentally. And if you're already struggling with a mental disorder or a mental health issue, um, those behaviors made probably made that condition worse. Um, so yeah, not saying that you can cure depression just by eating well and sleeping good, but you can certainly benefit your depression if you're taking good care of yourself. And same with if you're taking really good care of your mental health, your body's health is going to follow suit because when we're really anxious or when we're not getting enough sleep or we're really depressed, we're sending off hormones uh, to our body, especially cortisol. And these hormones are not so good for our body, especially when they're in excess like this. Um, so we're getting this stress hormone. It's really hard uh, for our body to comprehend what to do with all this stress. And so it's like, okay, pause. Uh, digestion can wait. Like doing stuff with my cells can wait. Like we need to worry about this issue that we're being told that's going on, that the matter of life or death, because even though your brain, your logical brain knows, okay, 
like I'm anxious because of caffeine or I'm anxious because of I'm comparing myself to someone else. If you do know that, that's why um, the body doesn't know that the body, if it's in fight or flight mode, just knows that it's in fight or flight mode and it'll do what it can to protect you, but you need protecting. Um, so that's an example of how um, our body is really connected to ourselves. Um, and I really want to make a note about toxic positivity and say that I feel like this can be in that category. And I want to talk about um, the law of attraction, kind of. Um, but I feel like people who aren't really well versed in the law of attraction um, get into a lot of toxic positivity realm. And that's not really helpful. It can actually be pretty victim blaming uh, if we're really in that space. So what I'm going to say is uh, if we work on our mental health, if we also work on our spiritual health, if we're praying and we're, we're having an open mindset and we're um, seeing love and, and we're viewing things positively, quote unquote, optimistically, let's say that, uh, if we're seeing our gratitude and seeing blessings around us, According to the law of attraction, we're going to start to attract things that match that quote unquote vibration or that level of energy. Um, I think the common way to distill law of attraction is you attract what you already are. Um, I think Gabby Bernstein is the one who says this, but she says we attract what we need. Uh, I think that's really, really interesting. Um, but a lot of where that law of attraction business can get really sticky is, and this is totally a tangent from health coaching, but I feel like it needs to be said because of all of the, all of the stuff. If you're following me, if you like a podcast called Empowered Spirituality and you clicked on health coaching or this holistic health, you may also follow other people who teach the law of attraction. Um, and if that's the case, you've probably seen this and you may have been really hurt by this, which is why it's so important to talk about. Anyways, um, where it gets really sticky is if I am seeing my blessings and I'm having a positive mindset and I'm super rooted in gratitude and love and I just attracted a great friend and that friend is aligned with me and aligned with my values that I have at the moment is, is receptive to the energy that I'm putting out. And doesn't that stand to reason that I attracted my abuser? Um, right? And that's absolutely not the case. That's absolutely not true. I did not attract abuse. I did not attract assault. Like that is a thing that I invited in. And I think a lot of people actually, I've heard, I don't think I've heard and seen a lot of people teach that people attract their abusers, they attract toxic relationships, that because, or, or even this, um, and Gabby Bernstein actually, she addressed this and I'm so happy to see it in her podcast and she has a reel on her Instagram if you wanna go find it. She has like a white background and has white wings. Um, and the question was, but if I think about the bad things, if I acknowledge the bad things, doesn't that mean that I'm attracting more bad things? And she said, no, 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 no. That's where the law of attraction has it wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. First of all, there's nothing wrong with you if you have, if you had or have a toxic or abusive person or situation in your life. 
there is no way that you attracted that. And I just want to say that super clear and super explicitly. And I've actually had people who came on the podcast whose episodes you'll never hear because they said stuff like this. And it's super hurtful, super harmful. I feel obviously very passionately about this. Um, But also, don't be afraid that you're going to attract bad things in your life by acknowledging the things that are bad right now. Um, Because I can say yesterday I had a day where I felt really low and really sad and really depressed. Um, And I was talking to my therapist today and I said, I want to say that I felt depressed yesterday, but I don't want, like, I don't want to say that. And she said, why not? You have depression. (laughs) It's okay to say that. Uh, What are you worried about? And uh, I said, well, but if I say it, doesn't that mean that I'm saying that I have depression? And then what if I wake up tomorrow with depression because I said that? And she was like, do you want to just sit with what you said? And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to sit with what I said. Just kidding. Um, and I did, and I realized uh, I'm falling into that same fear trap because we've been taught a lot of it in this like kind of toxic new agey way. Um, so yeah, just a note that it's okay for things to suck. It's okay to acknowledge your feelings. It's actually more than okay. It's, it's very necessary and it's safe. Um, if it is safe, <laughs> um, a big thing to say, um, but you're not going to attract, you're not going to be punished for being real about what's happened. To you. So just want to touch on that. I know that's a little off topic. Are you ready to dive deep into your desires, your thoughts, and your fears? Do you want to heal the body while also healing the mind? Are you tired of being seen as symptoms rather than a whole person? If this sounds like you, join me in holistic health coaching. I use a blend of the seen and the unseen, the scientific and the spiritual, the practical with the mystical to help you find healing. Through my work, I blend my practical knowledge and experience in mental health and addiction counseling, assessments, and health coaching with spirituality, ritual, embodiment, and going within. I am not a healer, but rather I am the catalyst that will help you ground and access your innate wisdom as we embark on your healing journey together. A coaching session with me may incorporate embodiment techniques, guided meditation, listening and learning from each other, meeting inner archetypes, assessing attachment styles, utilizing mindfulness, assessing health and lifestyle, incorporating mental health tools, and much more. Go to empoweredspirituality.online to claim your free consultation today. I'm going to kind of change gears just a little bit since I did go on kind of a tangent I didn't even plan for. Um, I'm going to talk about, it's kind of similar though. Um, I'm going to talk about the fact that our bodies were not created for the amount of stimulus that they are receiving today. And I forgot where I read this and I forgot the number. So you're going to be like, why did you even say that? (laughs) Um, But I read something or listened to something that said, 
the amount of my email keeps going off. Uh, the amount of stimulus that a person receives in a day is more than someone experienced in several weeks uh, at the like dawn of time. <laughs> um, and that's because a lot because of the industrial revolution. It's a lot, a lot, a lot to do with technology. Uh, I mean, all day I'm staring at, I have two screens that I'm working on. I have email going on, obviously, right? Perfect example, <laughs> maybe that was perfect timing. I have emails going off. I have calendar reminders going off. Um, I have my phone next to me. So I'm getting texts and, and emails on my phone and like alerts that apps send you for no reason. Like I've done things saying like, remember to log your breakfast. Um, I'm getting all the calls. Like I'm not ever just sitting and being present with what I'm doing. Or, you know, for example, when I'm driving, right? Our very, very old ancestors didn't have to worry about the chaotic stress of driving on the freaking freeway, <laughs> which is uh, my biggest fear is, by the way. Um, didn't have to worry about changing lanes and like, what if this person has road rage? For those of you who don't know, I live in a place where it's very common for road rage. Uh, like there's stop signs and lights and there's gonna be people jumping out and animals. Like there's a lot to keep your eye on at all times. And then you add in social media, you get to see people and it's awesome, right? It's awesome to see people and connect with people and, and see what people are doing, but you're also being connected with way, way more people than you would ever have been connected with in your ancestors' day and age. Um, you wouldn't be able to see what someone so far away is doing. You wouldn't be able to compare yourself to what someone else is doing. Um, and then add in all the terrible things that are happening right now. And it's, it's amazing to be aware of the things that are happening. Um, I don't know. That's something, you know, we could talk about that for a while too, but I'll just briefly say that's something I struggle with, right? I don't, I want to be aware and I, I care about what's happening because I care about people. Um, and it's sad, it's sad to see the things that are happening and it hurts me to be sad about things that are happening. And I can't let it dedicate so much of my energy and so much of my space. But yet if I don't, doesn't that mean that I'm unaware and ignorant? How can I help or do anything when, I'm, when you're not aware? Um, and I won't go down that rabbit hole, but I will refer you to a great podcast by Sahara Rose. It's called The Highest Self Podcast. I really like her and I, I referenced her a few times in I'll actually even have my clients sometimes take her quiz. Uh, let me grab the piece. Excuse me. Um, uh, so yeah, I really like her Highest Self podcast. And one of her episodes, it's the most shared. Um, so it's pretty easy to find. It's really recent. I'm doing this in September 2021. It's about what to do when you're feeling overwhelmed with all the hard things. And essentially, she talks about this where we were never, ever supposed, we were never wired to know about all the bad crises that are happening all over the world. We only knew what was happening in our sphere. And that, that adrenaline, that fear helped to motivate us to make change in our communities and in our circles. And then we had periods of rest before anything happened again. But now it's bad thing after bad thing after bad thing after bad thing after bad thing that we're constantly thinking about all these things that need our attention. But we were just not meant for these kinds of stimuli. 
And so when you hear that, I mean, we're, like we're not going to change that, right? But we can take that into very serious account with how we treat ourselves and how we show up in the world. So knowing that we really were not made for this kind of stimulus, we can take better care of ourselves. We can decide, okay, well, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. And sometimes maybe you're like me, I'm a highly sensitive person, which is not um, a bragging thing. As Sadia Simone has been saying recently, which I really love, people wear it kind of like a gloating badge of honor. Like, I'm, a highly, I'm an empath, I'm an empath. Um, we all are. <laughs> we all are. And once you're really tuned into yourself as well, you're going to start to notice these subtle shifts. And you may feel like you're too sensitive. And I've talked about this on the podcast as well, that you're just aware our bodies are sensitive. And knowing how easily we're overwhelmed doesn't mean that we're weak or unable to handle these things. This means that we were never supposed to be able to handle these things. So that is part of why self-care is so, so, so important. And I'm going to go back to health as, as in this frame of holistic health, but actually what I want to go back and say, I, I'm not going to go back to, this is all health. What I just said is health. What I just said is me being a health coach, letting you know why your self-care is so important, why your physical care for your mental health is so important. Anyways, I am going to change topics just a little bit and say that health is really nuanced. Uh, if you didn't get that already. <laughs> um, I know that I'm trying to, so I myself am going on a weight loss expenditure. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I don't think that's the right word to use. Expedition, maybe. Um, and I'm trying to do this in a really conscious way. Um, if you're watching the video, you can see me blushing. This is why I don't do videos. Um, but I'm doing this in a really hopefully conscious way. And obviously, like this is something I've struggled with in the past because this is not my first time trying to lose weight. Um, in the past, I would have been thinking so many negative and hateful and harmful thoughts about myself as I attempted to lose weight. It'd be fueled by hatred of my body and shame. And this time, to try and make it a real holistic effort to just nourish and care for my body in a way that feels good for me, feels good for my body, and feels good for my mental and emotional health. I'm taking it slow. And I'm, no, and I'm sighing and I'm closing my eyes and breathing. And that's important. I'm not doing this out of a place of hate. And a metaphor that I use uh, have used on social media and also with my therapist uh, is that I'm viewing my weight, especially like around my belly area. I'm viewing it as my house that I live in. I love where I live. I love the house that I'm in. Um, our house is kind of like a duplex, but not really. There's like a studio kind of attached. It was a three bedroom house, but then uh, my landlord converted it into like a studio and, and a two bedroom house. And I love my landlord. He's so awesome. And at first, of course, I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to live with this person, uh, even though we don't live together, but we do. Um, and, but I love it. I love living with him. I love him. He's so awesome. Uh, we're friends with him. It's great. He's really helpful. He's really respectful. So it's awesome. 
Um, but maybe if this was like my 100% ideal house, I'm not live there. Like that might be our room <laughs> or that room just might not exist. Um, and that's how I'm trying to view the like extra fat on my belly. And I was like, yeah, in a 100% ideal world, if I could, if I could pick and choose, if I could have whatever it is I wanted, ah, this fat might not be there so much, but I don't dislike it. There's nothing wrong with it. I accept it. I accept my body for the way that it is, just like I accept this house. I'm not going to move. I don't, I don't hate him because he lives here because I love him, right? And you can love your body and also be like, eh, you know, I could do without this thing. Um, that's okay. And, you know, even if you're not trying to lose weight, it could be, I love myself. I love that I'm able to do all the things that I'm able to do. Wow, I can pick things up. I can throw things down. I can type. I can read. I can whatever. But, you know, I have some pain in my neck. And that's pretty uncomfortable. And while I love my neck, like, thank you, neck, for being able to hold my head up and be able to, like, move my head around at that and, like, also connect me to all this cool stuff down here. Like, thank you, neck. I love you. But, like, if I had it my way, I wouldn't have neck pain either. You know, like, it can be, you can view something and maybe wish it was a little different while still holding gratitude and love for that part of your body or your body in general. So with that, when I work with clients, we don't, we don't work on weight. I'm just saying this because I feel like it needs to be said. Um, but if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, that's cool. I like your mindset. Will you help me lose weight? Nope. Nope, I will not. Um, it's fine for weight to be your goal. And I tell that to all my clients. You can be trying to lose or gain weight. That's great for you. That's cool. Sounds good. Um, but I'm not going to coach you through that. You can check in with me about how it's going. Just tell me how you're doing with it. Then I'll listen. But that's not going to be the focus. I'm not going to give that a lot of time or attention. I'm not going to give you any advice on how to lose weight. Because health is nuanced. And that's what I was trying to say. That as I'm going through this weight loss journey, as I'm working on my depression, right? There are so many things that are interconnected, interwoven. And that's, of course... I'm starting so many sentences and not finishing any of them. But when I do assessments with my clients, um, we do a screener for depression, anxiety, and alcohol use disorder. And I always tell them, I'll tell you what the survey says. Like if you're kind of leaning towards depression or anxiety, or maybe you could cut down on your drinking, I'll tell you that it's never, ever, ever, ever going to be a diagnosis. One, because I can't, <laughs> right? Like that would be very unethical. Uh, it's not my place. But also because there's more to depression than just what we're told, right? It's it it could be a mental illness. You could view it that way, but there are also so many ways to view it. And as I work through my own depression and plus like my own health journey, I'm like, like kind of like what I said. I'm I think I'm legitimately going through depression. I, I legitimately struggle with that, and also my habits. The things that I eat, especially, and the things I consume, media, phone, habits, those do not help the depression. They do not help the anxiety. Ignoring my needs, eating sugar, a lot of sugar, eating a lot of processed foods, those things, not caring for myself, not attending to my own emotional needs, 
those things do not help my depression. And so even if I could give a diagnosis, I probably would have to for insurance reasons, but I would be hesitant to because there are so many ways to approach a problem. So much so that why do we even call it a problem? Right? Obviously, like, I'm not like, we're well, depressed. It's no problem here, but I'm not a problem to be solved. I'm here to love myself and nourish myself. I believe that I'm a soul that came to be in this body. This body is housing my soul so I can have a human experience. And that's really fucking cool. So I'm going to honor that body, right? I'm going to take good care of it as good as I can. And that's where I really encourage people's health journey, their health goals to come from. So many times people don't come to a health journey, a conscious health journey, unless they're trying to lose weight or they have an illness. Wouldn't it be awesome if you started the health journey because you wanted to, because you love yourself, because you deserve it? It would be amazing. That would be beautiful. And if more people did that, we'd probably have less illnesses. Our mental health would improve. Our relationships would improve. If we started viewing ourselves as whole people instead of problems to be solved, we would also view other people as whole people and not just things that we do and don't like about them. The way that we treat others is a direct reflection of how we treat ourselves. Maybe I should say how we view others. Because as someone like me, I can be a people pleaser and dependent. So that means I like would fawn <laughs> for other people, right? I don't fawn for myself. And that fawning doesn't necessarily represent my views of them. Like I could be seriously judging someone and be super nice to them, which is not um, a good thing about me. Um, <laughs> it just is a part of me and part that I'm trying to work on. Nothing's good or bad. Uh, although I like don't think it's super good, <laughs> right? But um, you can be honest. Um, okay, but like I'm, I want to talk more about people pleasing, but now it's not the time. Um, so weight can be the goal, is all I'm trying to say. Weight can be a goal, but I don't think it should be the goal. Certainly shouldn't be the only goal. And if right now you're listening to this and weight is a goal of yours, and maybe it is the goal, maybe it's your main goal, could I invite you to think about what else could be a goal? Right, so... When you're asking, or even why you want to lose weight, why do you want to lose weight in the first place? Is it to relieve stress from the joints? Is it to be able to move around without pain or discomfort? Was it recommended to you by a trusted and ethical doctor that's not fat phobic? Um, in that case, yeah, that can be a goal as well. But my goal really is to feel good. My goal is to be less depressed and less anxious. And wait, yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be nice. But my main goal is to just feel good, is to honor my body. And I'll encourage that to be something that maybe you consider as one of your goals here on this journey. And now I want to say just make some short, I'm going to end with some short and impactful ways to kind of start changing the way that you view your health and the way that you act around your health. And so the first thing I want to say around that is your steps can be small. Uh, I think people often when they're going on a health journey, they're like, okay, right. I got to do like 
the routine that I see on Instagram, I gotta wake up early, I gotta go to the gym, I gotta be like, grab off my 10,000 steps, and I gotta drink so much water, and I gotta completely change my diet. And when you do that, it doesn't work, right? Like, I'm sure all of us have done something like that at some point, and it just didn't work because it gets really, really hard and it's not sustainable. So, if you are wanting to go and make these changes, start by making small changes. One example that I use with a client, um, we were trying to talk about what she should eat for dinner. She was like, Yeah, I'm done to eat healthier, but like, what do I eat? <laughs> um, and I said, you don't have to change what you're eating. Like, what are you, what are you meal planning right now? What do you like to eat? Some of it was pasta. And I was like, you can, and she said something like, but I know I shouldn't be eating pasta. I know pasta is bad for me. But I know shoulds and goods and bads don't exist to me. I mean, I just call myself doing something bad, but like in general, they don't exist to me. And I said, you can totally eat pasta. Um, do you just want to eat like, classic noodles with like butter and cheese every night eh, not so much but you could take a noodle that's like you know maybe veggie based or gluten-free or it's just a little bit healthier for you you can throw in some veggies that you like you can throw in a protein that you like and maybe make the sauce a little bit healthier maybe like not butter like if you really like butter noodles which i'm using that example because i um, use olive oil. Like it's almost the same, but just a little bit healthier. So all of a sudden, that like kind of unhealthy dish of just butter noodle pasta or whatever becomes actually like a pretty healthy, well-balanced meal. Or I told her you could just you could do your classic pasta and you could have a nice, beautiful salad on the side. And so that way you're eating a smaller portion of pasta and you're supplementing it with these beautiful veggies and beautiful protein in your salad that's going to help you. Um, so little things like that, little changes where you say, okay, I really love sandwiches. So how can I make that healthy? I could just swap out the bread for whole wheat bread. I could maybe use lettuce instead of bread. I could figure out another way. You could only use one slice of bread. Um, and I could add probably some more veggies and maybe only use one slice of cheese. That would make that a lot more healthy. Instead of doing a side of chips, I could do a side of apples. Um, so you're basically having the same lunch. If you're ordering on a menu, like a, a restaurant menu, it would be the same thing. You just added some substitution. For coffee, you don't have to get rid of your coffee. Um, but maybe instead of using like the really sugary, amazing creamer that has so much sugar and like all that other stuff in there, then you just use milk. You could use almond milk. Could you use vanilla extract, which doesn't have very much sugar? I don't think it has any. You could still make your coffee sweet with honey, but you're not using the same creamer that's really bad for you. Or maybe instead of having two cups of coffee, you have one and a half. It's not that bad. And maybe you supplement that half a cup that you would have had in your routine with a cup of nice herbal tea to counteract the stimulant effects of that caffeine. And so that can be a really nice way to just start to slowly swap out things in your diet. And with movement, uh, oh, something I like to do is <laughs> I like to rebrand or relabel, rebrand, <laughs> um, exercise as movement, right? It's not exercise feels like you're at the gym or you're running. And some people don't like that. I don't really like that. And so if you call it movement, 
I say, oh yeah, I could just move around. Sure. And I say, start with 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be even 20 consecutive minutes. It could be four or five minute walks. It could be a 10 minute yoga video and two five minute walks. Right? It could be a 20 minute walk. So just start with a low goal of 20 minutes of movement a day. That can be dancing, putting on your favorite song and dancing it out. It could be stretching. It does not have to be intense, but just incorporating the pillars of what matters to you in your everyday health, right? Uh, there's like the morning pages practice where you journal three pages a day. I'm asking as if I'm going to get an answer. Um, <laughs> instead of doing that, maybe you can dedicate a paragraph a day. You don't have, if you're trying to build a habit, just start small. Start really, really small. If you want to meditate, you don't have to do 20 minutes a day. You can do two minutes a day. You can do 30 seconds a day. Um, it doesn't have to be really intense. You don't have to change your whole lifestyle, but you can start to make these slow, gradual changes that will, over time, encourage you to have a really healthy lifestyle. All right. I feel like I've talked a lot about a lot of things, <laughs> some things I didn't plan on talking about. Um, if you have any questions or you just want to see something, I want to do more solo episodes. I really like when people I follow, like podcast-wise, do their own solo episodes. So I feel like, you know, it's time. I can do this. Um, so if you have anything, especially health, uh, mental health, spiritual health related, that you'd like to hear more about, please let me know. Um, boundaries, people-pleasing, these are all things that I would love to share my experiences with you and treat you like a client, um, especially because I do offer a sliding scale in all my sessions and I, I accommodate people's schedules and, and payment plans and such, but not everyone can afford. I don't really give away these for free very often. Um, not everyone can afford to pay something for a session. And so I feel like a session like this, where you can listen and receive is, is the best sometimes you can do. And I want to make sure that that information is accessible on all levels, so that there's no pay barrier. Thank you so much for listening. I'd love to hear feedback. Let me know if there's anything you want to hear more about. Uh, sorry if it was pretty rambling. Also, like, my voice is, like, my throat is sore. I've never talked for this long. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week. Thank you. As I began the journey of shifting my career to a job that aligned with my values and beliefs, having an education in health coaching has been transformational. Through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, you can become a certified health coach to empower your relationship with food, health, and wellness, live your dreams, earn while you learn, and embark on a new path. Join the global community of like-minded change agents who are here to empower, inspire, and motivate you to create the life you've always dreamed of by clicking the link in the show notes. And by doing so, you'll receive $2,000 off tuition when you pay in full or $1,500 off tuition if you choose the payment plan option. Or you can mention my name, Samantha Nagel, spelled N-A-G-E-L. Discover how to take a holistic and nourishing approach to health and wellness today. Thank you.